But I mean, it's but, cool. I mean, it's like cool. you just keep just meeting Power Rangers, Power Rangers, dude. Like I'm telling you, you ever meet Kimberly, you better hit me up. All right, Johnny Keys. What up, bro? What's up, dude? I I just heard you crack open a nice cold brew. Oh yeah, got to get that after work beer in. After work beer. That's right. And what kind of beer is it? A Lonely Bush Light. <laughs> you know me too well, dude. Is it really, bro? Let me see. <laughs> yes. Do you know how perfect that is? Yeah, dude. Okay, so uh, we didn't even plan that. That's amazing. Um, the artist this week, I mean, we normally bullshit a little bit before we jump into that, but we can get back to bullshitting. Um, but no, can't the, skip uh, the bullshit. Yeah, no, that's that's why they tune in, man. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Mr. Jarrett Forrester. And you know what's funny is, uh, I mean, he's, he's a talented musician. He's got a lot of really good songs. But uh, when we did the interview, he was like, you know, the song I'm going to highlight is going not to be, it's not going to be The Lonely Bush Light, but that's kind of, you know, had a little, is virality the right word when something goes viral? Or is that virality? just for like... Yeah, that's, if it's not, it should be, because I feel like that's the good, okay. that's a good way to say that. Right. Um, but yeah, no, so uh, obviously it's a, it's a fun video and Brando Jones Films uh, did that for him, so our, uh, our featured venue business last week. But uh, yeah, Johnny, you've been repping the the bush light for a little while here. In fact, oh, your your, your hoodie almost looks like a bush light hoodie to me from from this angle. <laughs> it is not. Uh, <laughs> I don't own any memorabilia like that. But uh, nah, man, bush light is just. I mean, it's just a good, you know, cheap beer like that. I, I like it better than Bud Light. I don't know. To me, I'm just used to the taste of bush light. I think I guess when I drink a Bud Light now, I'm like, well, I'll drink it, but. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't enjoy it as much as a bush light. Sometimes, like, I crave. If I'm, like, working hard in the middle of the day and it's, like, hot or something, I'm like, dude, I want a bush light right now. Well, like, <laughs> I never say that about, <laughs> I know where you're going with that. Uh, but I never say that about Bud Light, you know. I'm never like, I want a Bud Light right now. Oh, okay. It's always a bush light. So I just buy it, man. I mean, I bought 24 for, like, 13 bucks. Yeah, man can't beat well, that bro that's kind of like how i used to drink the miller high lifes because they were so cheap and they weren't bad man they weren't bad beers um i was never a fan of miller didn't oh, like yeah. it was like had a weird spice to it i don't know i didn't really care for it working hard in the middle of the day <laughs> what did my co-worker say don't care give me another beer <laughs> when you were saying that i was like that if we, he doesn't have another song about it me and you can write a little country jingle oh totally Baby's playing Bush. the mandolin in the background right now. I don't know if you can oh hear it. Oh my goodness! I hope that was in the same key. <laughs> you probably can't hear it though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, and <clears throat> the featured venue this week is going to be one of our old buddies, Ollie's in Greer. Danny Morgan is running the show out there, man. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> we have some stories, some nights uh, that probably can't be completely recapped with Danny Morgan out there at the G Spot, man. Oh man, I tell you, some wild nights out of the G Spot. That was uh that was basically our old stomping grounds I guess if you had to pick one venue for the will there um you know downtown I mean we were at the G a good bit every New Year's oh, yeah. Eve and it was always lit too oh yeah and it was uh, always a good time yeah a lot of some people. of those I, actually we brought it up on one of these episodes I was listening to some of the uh, old clips but it was probably one of our very last shows and you can tell how drunk we were halfway through but uh, it, it got better I mean honestly half the, I, I feel like half the songs were better once we were kind of feeling it a little bit more Yeah. but again you know Jordan sang the most awkward shit uh, over the mic and stuff so <laughs> if we ever like put a little snippet on the show I would I would edit it appropriately so there's lack there's no uh, you know we don't, want, we don't want any of those comments in there 
Oh god. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, man. So uh, Jarrett Forster, he plays like six days a week, man. I mean, he he is always out there rock and rolling, yeah, grinding. Yep, he's a, he's a grinder. Uh, Hopefully, he's not on grinder. In, <laughs> I was gonna say, let's check in with our resident <laughs> grinder expert, Ruben Asbury. Ruben. <laughs> Danny said he'd be available, and I was going to try to do a little three-way call. I, I know you mm. haven't been on one of the interviews in a minute. I, honestly, bro, I want I want to bring up the Kevin Sound Guy story, because oh, I'm sure he doesn't even talk to the dude anymore. If he does, then yeah. whatever. But <laughs> Well, that makes me look like an asshole. I don't really want to tell that story. Oh, okay, okay. It kind of makes no, me look he like was, an asshole. I don't know. He was he he was an asshole. He, Danny will probably say that first. Like, wh- How about this? We'll just say the name Kevin <laughs> and see if it naturally <laughs> progresses into that. Okay. Uh, I did watch this movie about like 50 years in the future, and it had um, the guy from ah, fuck, Parks and Rec, but now he's like a he does like the Marvel movies. I think what's his name? He's like oh, a com- uh, oh, um, you talking about uh, uh, oh god, why can't I think of a dude's name right now? It's Chris something. Um, no, I think so. um, yeah, Chris, yeah. Is it? I know exactly who you're talking about. I know right, you're talking right, about. right. Anyway, uh, he was in this movie about you know 50 years in the future, and and uh, what the hell were we oh, talking uh, about? Oh, t- Tomorrow War. <laughs> Was it yeah, tomorrow yeah, yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was, it was different. I, I didn't really like how, I don't know. I feel like they could have done a lot more with it. But, I mean, I always, I'm always i all into that futuristic kind of stuff. So, um, But his last name was Forrester. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Chris Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. That's who you're talking about. Chris Pratt. Fucking Yeah, dude. Why can't we remember that, dude? I had to Google that. That's so know. embarrassing. I had Chris to Google Pratt. that. Chris Pratt. Couldn't remember that. So stupid. Had to Google this shit. So stupid. Do you ever do that, man? You're just like, I know I should know this. I do that oh, yeah. all the time. That's why I'm just like, I really think that I have some kind of like struggle there. That's why you got to mix in uh, a weekly Jeopardy uh, run or something. You know, just sharpen sharpen your brain muscles a little bit. Like yeah, do some trivia. Your brain muscles. <laughs> Flex. I, uh, yeah, I like doing crosswords. I try to do crosswords to stimulate the brain a little oh. bit. How about Sudoku? Um, Sudokus are fun. Um, not really a math person, but you know they're fun. I really like numbers. I got you there, bro. It's not really numbers. It's more patterns i don't know anyway really okay so really quick i told danny i just tentatively because i wanted to try to squeeze it in the middle of when we were doing it um about 6 30 he said he was uh he was available so um before before we give him a call though and test this out um i also talked today which um we're gonna have this this gentleman on the show in the future mr david sims who runs the greenville uh history music podcast and um greenville music history <laughs> i'd record that again um but either way it's uh it's actually a really interesting show man he, he doesn't have as the frequency as episodes as we do but he started about the same time frame and he's got a grant from the mac to help him get it launched and um anyway i'll i'll, I'll let the listeners uh tune into that whenever we have him on officially but um, that's really cool yeah dude it's there's some really interesting stuff um that goes into the history of Greenville that I had no idea. I've only listened to a couple episodes so far, but hmm. um, we're going to have him on the show, and then he's going to throw us on there too when, when he starts launching the next uh, phase of his um, of his uh, business. So uh, shout out to David Sims. Yeah, dude. I'm excited for that. That's, uh, that's really cool. I, I would be interested to, to listen to that. Oh, yeah. Tr- uh, if you want to, uh, the last episode's pretty short. I'd listen to it about 15 minutes. And then the Escarita one is really interesting. I, I just started that one, too. Cool. Check um, it out. Uh, let's see here. I guess we're going to go ahead and try to get oh, a hold Demo. of Demo. Danny Morgan. Mr. Demo. And in his in my phone, it is Danny hyphen G. Because 
I've had his contact for like 15 years, and I think it's because the old phones, you could only fit like seven characters, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely had to distinguish him between Danny, my ex-lover, of course, as oh, you remember. Yeah, Goodness yeah. gracious. Right. Don't want to make mix up those calls. And it was a girl. Wow. I, 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 people who don't know me are like, oh, okay. All right. Anyway, yeah, her name was Danielle. Um, let's go to Daniel. I don't think he goes by Daniel. Is that his right, name, j- though? Is it, is it Daniel? Um, Daniel son? Daniel son. All right. Well, unless it's like Daniel, like, you know, that defensive lineman for the Vikings, Daniel Hunter. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I would never make fun of that dude to his face. He's like 6'5, 300 pounds. I mean, yeah. Danny's not a small guy either, though. So, no, I anyway. would not make fun of Danny to his face either. <laughs> no, definitely not. Hello, it's Danny. Mr. Danny Morgan, it's Ryan Stearns. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How you doing? Good, man. Long time no talk. If you don't mind, man, I'm going to try to get Johnny, uh, Jonathan on the call. We'd like to both ask you a couple questions. Okay, sure. All right. I th- it says conference called. Guys, you both there? Yep, I'm here. Danny, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys. <laughs> All right. Danny G. Danny, I was just telling Johnny in my phone, you are Danny hyphen G in my phone, which means I've had you stored since uh, I was like 20 years old in there. <laughs> Ah, since the G spot days. Oh yeah, that... oh man. Oh, fun days, fun days. Oh man, we had. I told him we had a lot of stories we couldn't say on air, but a lot of ones that maybe we could highlight a couple things from back in the day. But uh, before we get into that, uh, Danny, why don't you tell us a little bit about Ollie's and what you guys got going on, man? Oh man, we just a little neighborhood bar in downtown Greer. Place you can come hang out. Um, we do a little bit of everything. I mean, we do karaoke on Thursdays. We do. Bands on Fridays and then a DJ on Saturdays. So a little bit of everything. Awesome. And then follow that up with good beer, bourbon, and barbecue. So, What's your favorite bourbon, Danny? I don't know if I know that. What's my favorite bourbon? My favorite bourbon, and I got one today, is Old Forster Birthday Edition. Comes out oh, once a year. It's my Forster. absolute favorite, and I got a bottle today. So. That That's is, just perfect. That is immaculate. <laughs> yes. That is amazing, man. Um, so our artist this week is Jarrett Forrester. This is a very Forrester-themed episode. Awesome, awesome. And that's his granddaddy's bourbon, right? <laughs> yeah, probably so. Yeah, they get you a special discount. But yeah, no, he told us he was playing there Friday with the old Piedmont Boys, another uh, another band that we've known for years. Yeah, and that's next Friday. Next Friday, yeah, because this uh, releases oh, Monday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we uh, we, we make sure we try to make it look like we uh, are planning everything here. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Johnny, do you have anything for Danny before I get rolling into the questions? Um, I mean, we can just talk about the G-Spot days because that's, you know, that's all I really want to talk about. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know if you remember. Uh, <laughs> one thing we used to joke about was uh, you, you, you were familiar with Jordan Dyer, you know, the front man of our band. Um and uh, how he would, I don't know, be very awkward sometimes. <laughs> and so uh, he was like, I can't remember exactly what he had to run off and do, but we were in the middle of a set, and uh, he ran off to do something, probably to get fucking beer, if I'm honest. But anyway, so he was like, hey, y'all just jam out for a little bit. So we're like, what the fuck? He's like, we're in the middle of this shit. Like, all right, whatever. So we just like put a jam on, and <laughs> Dude, you walked up to the front of the stage and you said, "Hey, what the hell is this? Do I look high?" Do you remember that? I do not, but it sounds like something I would say. And we probably were high to be fair. We were definitely high. You probably were not, but that's probably yeah. That's one of the main stories that comes up when we mention your name. Oh God, I definitely remember that. I forgot about that completely until you just said it though. Uh, But no, Danny, man. 
we appreciate you, uh, man. You let us play out there all the damn time, and and uh, we got to play the New Year's Eve bash a lot. You know, every almost every year for about five years running, I believe. There were some really good times, man. Obviously, that place is the whole landscape of downtown Greenville, specifically that little courtyard area, is completely revamped. But uh, I'm sure you know you missed parts of it, man. But I'm sure there are other parts where you're like, okay, I'm glad I turned the page, maybe. Let me tell you what I miss. The kitchen parties. If you ever went to a party in the kitchen, the kitchen party was better than <laughs> parties out front. Yeah. There were times like DMX would be in, would be coming through, and he would just, he would uh, text me, I'd let him through the back door, and he'd just be hanging out in the kitchen. Oh, uh, man, that's he, funny. You know, he'd ask me the same thing. He'd be like, hey, man, you got any hen? And I'm like, yeah, I can find you some Hennessy. <laughs> what? Damn, dude, that's, that's cool. cool. Did you make, yeah. I mean, was he like wearing the uh, Skechers non-slip or uh, like, damn it, never mind. I was going to do a slip and fall and no, can't get up joke. No, but I, I got a picture of him, of us one, one time and everybody was asking me like, who took that picture? That picture's really blurry. And what I can't really tell people is it wasn't really blurry. It was just, there were so many people smoking weed in the kitchen that it looked blurry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man, rest in peace, DMX. I know a lot of people have had uh, run-ins and stuff with him, but uh, I do remember you mentioning him coming through this, the G spot there. And I was, you, you let me through the back uh, in the kitchen a couple times, but I never had uh, a DMX smoke sesh back there. Uh, hey, uh, I was thinking about this and this is random and corny. Um, but you know, I have all these parody ideas, and I thought about doing a little up in Greer, up in Greer, and uh, yeah. hey, man, we could film a little bit at Ollie's if you were, <laughs> if you were interested. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I'd love to. I hope you guys know where I can. <laughs> um, so yeah, Danny. Uh, so this week we got the Friday. We got Piedmont Boys, Jarrett Forrester. Was there another uh, act as well? Um, I thought he said someone was playing with him, someone else. But. Well, there's a guy coming in from uh, Oregon. Oh yeah. Uh, I cannot think. I'm going brain dead on his name right now. Okay. So what happens when you put me on the spot? Oh, I'll so edit it out, when brother. I stay in the kitchen too long back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he mentioned the name earlier on the interview, so we'll we'll have that info for all of them. But uh, we're hey, we're excited for you because I I see that you are doing the live music, and I know you were passionate about doing all that. Um, as far as DJs, do you have a consistent house DJ, or do you mix that up? No, I mix that up. It's amazing because I, I mean I pull a lot of the old DJs from G Spot days. I mean I've had Nate C here, I've had DJ Apollo here, I've had DJ oh, yeah. Scientist who's actually Yin Yang Twins DJ and out on tour with them. Oh yeah, man. So, hmm. so I mean you know fun, fun stuff, fun stuff. Excellent. Yeah, we had a little hip hop turntable special, and we had a guy named Simple on, and and. Uh, he was talking about actually DJ Scientist, how much respect for him he has and everything he's doing. Um, what about, uh, let me drop two more, DJ Tavo or DJ Crazy Crane? Have they made appearances? I've not yet. Okay. I had, I had to look into those two. Okay. Crazy Crane, he's a good one and he's a, he's one of my longtime friends, but uh, he puts on a good show. Um, but yeah, Danny, oh, oh. Uh, do you want to describe... Let me, two more. let me give you two more real quick. Okay. Right, so, uh, DJ Shea, which does all the Clemson's home football games, uh, mm-hmm. he's actually doing my uh, night before Thanksgiving party. And then I do DJ Shorty, previously B93.7, uh, he's doing my New Year's Eve party. So DJ Shorty, nice. Yes, sir. Do you want to describe, uh, I know you kind of briefly did, but like Ollie's, uh, you know, what to expect when you go in there, maybe the vibe and kind of the, maybe some of the food items? or. Well, if you're old enough... It's almost like going back through time in the G-spot, some of the stuff you see and some hey. of the people you see. And it's amazing how many people come up to me and say, oh, you don't know this, but I used a fake ID to get in G-spot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the difference is our food here is a, a lot better. I mean, I mean, you know, we do brisket, we do uh, 
Oh, yeah. pork. We do um, salmon. We have a macaroni and cheese. That was my grandmother's recipe that's absolutely to die for. I and mean, that's what everybody Ooh, talks about. Oh, man. Really? Yes. Uh, that's, I mean, me and Johnny brought up mac and cheese like probably five different times on the show. So we're going to have to come check that out, man. Oh, definitely. It's my favorite southern vegetable. <laughs> it, it counts as a vegetable in the south, I guess. Oh, it should count as two. <laughs> Johnny, do you have anything else for Danny? Uh, I know we've kind of covered most of the bases here. Yeah, um, dude, I mean, G-Spot was like one of my favorite places to go and hang out. It was always a good crowd, always a good time. So I need to make my way to Ollie's and check it out. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm excited for you, man. You're a good dude, and I'm glad you're doing well, and I'm glad you're, you've got a new location and, and you know, still doing what oh, you I, do. Hey, um, I did want to say. One more, one more thing. Okay. I started a tradition about 10 years ago at G-Spot. Um, it was the uh, Thanksgiving Day uh, dinner. Um, every year Thanksgiving Day, I do a free dinner for anybody who doesn't have anywhere to go. I mean, we do turkey, dressing, ham, and I just I just give it away for free to anybody who doesn't have anywhere to go. So oh, anybody wow. awesome. don't have anywhere to go Thanksgiving, we're going to do it at uh, 5 o'clock. Well, that is, wow. that, that's amazing, man. M- much love and respect uh, your way for that. That that's very, that's very awesome. So we'll make sure that that gets promoted again. Um, yeah, I was going to say as well, uh, is the name based off of your son? I, I remember you told me briefly about a year or so ago. Ollie was actually my grandmother. Your grandmother, um, I'm sorry. Yes, but then I, I named him after the I named him after her, and then I named the restaurant after him. So ah. he goes around and tells everybody it's his place. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, That's awesome, man. How old is he? He's four. And it's funny because we sell a... A lot of hats and t-shirts and stuff, and it just—it it used to bother him to see people wearing his hats, but now he gets a kick out of it. Oh yeah, he's kind of famous now. <laughs> infamous. Infamous, right? Uh, from infant to infamous. Um, so yeah. I also saw that you guys maybe are expanding or have expanded recently. Uh, we're we're actually looking at a second location. Uh, I mean, it's just I love Greer and I love all those Greers offered, but. The one thing about Ollie's is it, it's a little bit smaller, and I would love to open up something about G-Spot spot size again so I could actually do a lot more full bands and stuff like that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it, it, would, it would be another Ollie's, correct? Like, Yeah, it would, it would be. It would probably be, it'd be something a little bit different. I mean, it wouldn't be Ollie's number two, but it would be like Ollie's uh, on the side or Ollie's saloon or something like that. Well, uh, you know, we'll we'll gather up the whole gang and we'll find Jordan wherever the hell he is and uh, do, do a little do a little flashback Will uh, reunion mini. I mean, we'll bring back I, even Kevin. I am not post. I'm not shipping in bail money to get Jordan out. <laughs> you, you, we've all done it once, I think. Uh, oh my gosh! But anyway, yeah, Danny. Hey, I appreciate you hopping on the show with us, man. Um, it's been a long time coming. We're happy for the success you're having, and um, we got to come out there and, and have a have a nice bourbon and and mac and cheese with you soon. Hell yeah. All right, Danny, stay in touch, buddy. Thank you, All sir. Right, man. Hey, thank you guys so much. Good luck. Appreciate you. you. All right, good deal, man. Danny was always a, a down to earth and straightforward guy, and uh, sure. and but also fun. And and the ladies always loved him, man. He always had like ten girls around him at all times. I know. Yeah, he's he's the man, dude. Ollie Ollie oxen free. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't mean he wasn't around fat girls. All right. Oh <laughs> god, <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, I kind of want to leave that in. I think I might. Uh, I love all. Never mind. Anyway, uh, she had a pretty face. Did I ever tell you that story? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll have to tell you that one on the side. Okay. This is going to be, and you know what? I might even snip and put this right before the Danny interview because I wanted to say this, you know, kind of out of the gate. Johnny, guess who the fuck I met at Local Q last week, dude? 
Is it another Power Ranger? Because I'm like, damn, dude, you, Jesus. Do, 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 do. Yes, it was two actually, two former Power Rangers. So two more Power. But they Rangers. were like not OGs though. They right? weren't OGs. They they weren't. I mean, now given. I mean, it's cool. It's cool. Well, let I'm me not, tell like, you why to, like, it's going to end up. Dish being. your story right now, but I mean, they're not OGs. <laughs> okay, you no. met an OG. You met honestly probably the OG. That's what I was going to say. Like you know, I met you know the pinnacle. Like if you if we could have handpicked who to meet, it was probably going to be the Red Ranger. So right because I mean the people that like started Power Rangers at the like the very first. They were probably anti-Tommy, and they were more like, no, nah, Jason's the OG. Right, like, like who's this new guy me, trying to steal you know the thunder? I mean? Yeah, who's this new, exactly. And Can't it's even all, pick yeah, a damn whatever. color, white, green, fuchsia, what is this motherfucker doing? They just they just needed a sexual triangle between Jason, Kimberly, <laughs> and Tommy, and that's just what they were going for. Right. So like, you know, yeah. that's bullshit. So Jason's the OG, and you met him, so that's... Well, but I mean, it's cool. Like you just keep meeting Power Rangers, dude. Like I'm telling you, you ever meet dude, Kimberly, you better hit me up. Oh my goodness, I'm video chatting you right away because I have a Droid um, and not an iPhone. <laughs> not What's a Facebook uh, FaceTime on Facebook? Facebook That's time. What we'll have to do. <laughs> yeah, Meta Meta Book Time Face. Yeah, right, um, right. But no. So what's cool about it is um, they were talking about music, and I told them about the podcast, and then they kind of looked at each other funny. And they're like, well, we're from L.A. because we're actresses and, you know, we were actually former Power Rangers and we have a podcast as well. And I was like, no fucking shit. And so when they said that, I was like, the first episode was named after the story of how I met the Red Ranger. Like that happened right before we started this fucking podcast. So um, yeah. I was like, and this was meant to be. I was supposed to meet you guys here um, at Local Q. So we exchanged some emails and uh, talking behind the scenes here, and hopefully, you know, we'll, we could do a little random segment, ha- have them come on the show, or maybe we could hop on their show and talk about, you know, Power Ranger stories. And Dude, I'm down. Wouldn't Dude, that I'm be down. fun? Oh, I'm down. Yeah, super. I have chat. a great. I have a great story about a, a dream I had about Power Rangers related stuff. Oh, morphin yeah. time, baby. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a little snippet. I mean, I was like. I was, like, in this old church that I grew up in, and uh, putties. You remember putties? Oh, yeah. Dude, they were, like, attacking the church, and I was like, dude, it's fucking morphin' time. Let, let's go. <laughs> so I was, like, fighting these putties, like, in this, in my church and stuff, and, like, I just I just remember that to this day. It was a great dream. And you, you fucked them all up, I was, like, an up, actual power. Oh, dude, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I was by myself, though. That's the crazy thing. I was like, dude, I'm a Power Ranger. Where, where are my other Power Rangers at? But I was by myself. But I didn't need anybody else, man. I'd whoop some ass in that church, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's like I, one of the top top five dreams that I remember throughout my life. Like, oh yeah, man. I wish you could program dreams sometimes. Have you ever had a lucid dream? I absolutely have. Um, Aren't those crazy? Dude, that's. I think that's like a, like we could have a whole episode about we this. Should, we should. You remember, know what? Remember me and Foreman like studied it and like yeah, um, read some books about it and stuff. And uh, there's actually really interesting things. I've had a couple, but people like we. I read like Thomas Jefferson would try to do like like program his brain to be able to like his brain will know when he's falling asleep that threshold of when you fall into sleep yeah like he triggered it he just basically held weights and he slept in a chair and so he held weights like in his hands like on his lap and whenever he would fall asleep you know his body would relax and the weights would fall and hit the floor and he would you know the sound would wake him up so he constantly did this over and over and probably hundreds maybe thousands of times so that his brain would would trigger as soon as it falls asleep, like his brain's like, oh, something should happen here. And like it gives you a little uh, bit of consciousness to be able to know you're dreaming and yeah. be able to control your dream. Okay. I've had a couple where I was like, fuck yeah, I'm flying right now. Oh, like, I fly I every what time. What I'm doing in the dream. I'm like, see ya. That's how I <laughs> really flying. test it. I'm like, all right, let me just yeah, fly a little for bit. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, 
okay, I'm dreaming. So like literally I could go outside and there's literally whatever I want. So I was like, give me this like smoking ass blonde. Boom. <laughs> there she was, bro. I was like, oh shit. So I just like flew over to her and you know, I won't say the rest because it's R rated. But anyway, um, held hands like it's a cra- motherfucker. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy, dude. Like how you can, the mind is a wild thing. It is. It's a wild and, thing. And I, like I said, I basically fly every single time I, I, I do it. But one of the most frustrating things in dreams for me is like how you cannot run as fast and you can't punch as hard or like dude i can't run at all dude, like it's yeah. like my legs are jello and you're just like tripping over everything and you just can't get moving yeah you know what i mean have you yeah, ever tried to like it. hit something and it's just not hitting it's like the softest yes. like you're you just know? like what the fuck <laughs> all right yeah totally so when I, I was fighting those putties i was like yeah. basically just bitch slapping them the whole time <laughs> like, but like <laughs> Yeah, like just <laughs> barely doing anything, like flicking them in the face and them flying 50 feet. I, I think I know why. It's because your body is expecting resistance from the ground when you run faster and it's expecting oh, sure. resistance. Well, I mean, pressure. when you're in that deep of a sleep, I mean, your body is basically paralyzed. Like you, you go through paralysis on a normal sleep. I, mean, I don't know if you know that, but do you believe that uh, if you like are falling to your death in a dream and you actually like hit the ground before you wake up that you actually die? I don't think so because I think I've had dreams where I've really fallen a long way and then I'm just like oh oh and it kind of. But have you always woken up before you hit the ground? No, like, you I never well, like hit the ground and like oh shit, I just hit the ground. I think my brain splattered across. You know, I think I remember the floor right being, now. Like, like being landing in bushes and trees right before the ground. But I guess that doesn't uh, count. Something saved you. So something saved you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, and I hope I don't find out, right? So, um, but, I mean, I, I get that kind of theory, but that's kind of like matrixy kind of stuff there. All right, we are about to be joined by Jarrett Forrester, and uh, we're going to go and give him a call. This is Jarrett. Hey, Jarrett, it's Ryan Stearns from the Upstate Music Mind, man. How you doing? How you doing, brother? Doing good. You know, I like to keep it freeform in here, man, so... Yeah. Um, we'll just kind of let it go where it may, and uh, feel free to get weird with me. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Um, but Jared, yeah, do you want to introduce yourself and just kind of have a brief overview of your sound and uh, kind of what people should expect to hear? Yeah, well, um, I'm Jared Forster. I'm a songwriter from Greenville. Um, I do a lot of like country Americana um, inspired things. Um, that's kind of the main grip of my music the the songwriter side of things more than the mainstream type things i guess is the best way to describe it um okay more of the more of the rootsy americana sound is what i kind of go and uh you know we've had a lot of artists on that are kind of in that realm um but you know that's that's kind of the genre i will naturally gravitate towards to be honest with you man um i mean i love all the genres and all the artists we've had on have been fantastic but um i'd say there's a big heavy pool of them have been in kind of the folk indie americana um kind of singer songwriter mold and uh, you're a name that has been mentioned several times, so we're excited to get you on the show finally, Jared. Thank you. Glad to be here. Is there a specific track that's kind of a fan favorite or something that you would like to promote over the others uh, to play on the show today? Honestly, anything but Lonely Bush Light. That's got my most <laughs> track. Just, and to be honest, it's the stupidest fucking song I've ever written. Um, <laughs> one of my favorites is Just Can't Be off the newest EP. I haven't, I'm working on an EP now, but don't have anything like a single or anything out of that so okay um but but just can't be um off the newest EP would be great okay just can't be yeah and hey we will we're gonna have to talk about that bush light of course uh song here in a second but i, I understand <laughs> <laughs> you knew what you were getting into when you were writing that one i'm sure but um do you want to describe uh, the track just can't be before we lay it on the ears of the unpod nation here 
Um, so basically, it just can't be was written by me and uh, Zach Kellum. Um, he, I write a decent amount with him. Um, and basically, the whole thing was we Zach had had the first verse of this song pretty much done, and he's like, I just don't know where it's going. And I was like, you know, I was like, you hear all these songs about guys being on the road or people being on the road and wanting to come back home because there's that someone special. There's that someone that they love. And I was like, fuck all that. I'm like, let's do one where he doesn't want to come home because he knows that there's nobody there waiting for him. Nice. Um, And so we sat down and it was me and Zach and we just sat down in the living room. And I mean, I think it took us like half an hour maybe 45 minutes um, to polish it all up and it really it really turned out to be one of my one of my favorites that I've put out in the past two years oh I love it man that's we've, we've brought that up uh, a couple times too with different artists how sometimes they just naturally come out and uh, and sometimes the quickest uh, written songs end up being your favorite ones oh yeah there's no song on anything I've released that I've spent more than an hour writing oh yeah uh, but and that's just it, it's not a, it's not like a flex or anything. It's just how I write. Um, but Bush Light took uh, about four hours, right? Yeah, it was <laughs> real deep stuff. Um, but I mean, even Lonely Bush Light, I think Lonely Bush Light was under forty-five minutes, and it's it's not. Was your goal to like kill a case while you wrote the song? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, so, and so I, I'll tell the story a little. Uh, later on if you want about how it wrote how i wrote it but it it was just it was just on a whim and it was all because my dad said something um, <laughs> nice it was, I, my dad had said something and we were just joking around and it gave me the idea but i mean yeah and it's like that's just really how i write it's not but there's some guys there's some guys that can go and they'll write two songs a day and it is 100% possible, two, two, three songs a day. And that's, I'm honest, that's what a lot of those uh, session guys in Nashville do. Um, you know, they, oh, yeah. you know they, they write with three, four people a day, and they can just pump it out. I, on the other hand, I might only write a song, as awful as it sounds, I might only write a song once a month. Shoot, that doesn't sound awful to me, man. But if I can write a song once a month or once every two months and like the way it comes out, I'm happier with that than and happier with writing like that than writing like a song a day and hopefully one one a month turns out good. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, to to touch back on the track that we're playing here, man. Uh, how did so when when you and Zach Kellum uh, work together? Does one kind of um, lead like the basic structure outline and then? someone else kind of fills in some verses or one's more instrumental parts or how do you guys do that? Zach, I will say is better with the instrumental parts. Um, Zach is a very strong guitar player. Um, a lot of times with co-writes, cause so like basically how I write is if we get a basic structure down, so say it's four chords or whatever the hell it is. And so we lay out those four chords and we're just sitting there playing. I just start singing. Whether it's whether it's good, whether it's bad, I just start trying to trying to put words together. And a lot of times it's me or Zach, and we're sitting there playing. And I'll say a line, and I'll go, eh? and if it's bad, if it's bad, we go, okay, and then we just start over. When I write with Zach, it's it can go either way. I can 
he'll either be the one kind of leading it or I'll kind of be the one leading it. But um, either way, it's very it's very enjoyable to write with him. Me and him, me and him write and play together more than anybody. Um, He's one of your good buddies, right? I mean, I'm assuming you guys have to have a good relationship to be able to. Uh, we're, we're we're together and talk and, and, and hang out and run around together all the time. Dancing for the show I'm still here when the lights go down But I ain't on your radio Got my daddy's old guitar And a pocket full of songs Pray like hell that one day I'll be right where I belong These days the miles just move too fast Long nights out on the road just don't seem to last I got one more show till I make it home And I don't want to go cause I'll be alone in that Every single wild part on your dad's land Pain used to not hurt so much when I was staring out the window of a Greyhound bus Now I'm on the road trying to run from this memory Every song for you I sing Wish like hell that you were here with me But some things just can't be That's, you know, the band, my band, we're, you know, fortunate enough to be able to play for about, you know, eight, ten years running there. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of good memories and hit some some milestones and we're happy of what we were able to achieve. But, I mean, the lasting memories, yeah, I mean, of course, rocking out on certain stages and, and fan interaction. But, you know, just those those moments like driving in the van to from city to city and the, the inside jokes and uh, all the stuff that really brought us together as, as people too in, in, in this group um, those are the and ones that are lasting you know you're, you're right I mean that's what people don't realize especially people that don't that don't do this is you're on stage I mean I, I mean I'm playing two and three hours you know two and three hours a night but you're on stage with people or you're traveling with people like me and Pistol Hill and a guy named Chance Stanley are all going to Indiana and Illinois in March to do a run. Nice. What what people don't realize is, yeah, you're on stage for three hours. You're still with these guys for at least 12 hours. Oh, yeah. Top of that. Like, you got the people you're around and the people you want to hang out with and stuff, you got to be able just to, you know genuinely like that person maybe not like you know there's plenty of people that I, that I hang out with and you know maybe we don't do the same music but I'm like I would rather hang out with you mm-hmm. than and other people who were just like me yeah. you and, know and I mean yeah, and that's that's what people don't realize and people you know when, especially like when you see a band break up and it's all these people that are like I just don't know what the problem was and you know they didn't look like they weren't they weren't you know they didn't like each other on stage I'm like yeah I'm like 
I'm like, you're on stage for like two hours, man. Like, you know, I don't, I think unless you are a musician and you've been, you know, in, in something with, with other groups of uh, musicians too, and having to work together and, and all that, it's, it's such a different relationship because it's, it's exactly like your passion and your, your life's, you know, goal and putting blood, sweat and tears into this music and this art and creativity. But then it's also a a business. It's a, it's a yin yang, man. You gotta, you gotta balance that and you gotta be smart and strategic and, you know, put on, put on the face and put on a show and market yourself. I mean, you got to do everything as well as, you know, express yourself as, uh, you know, as real as you can, uh, you know, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a 50, 50 thing that I don't think a lot of people, they just see, like you're saying, they see you on stage for that glimmer and that's their representation of you. But there's so many more layers to it, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, Jared, I don't know if, um, I, so last week we had Brando Jones films on, um, I love it. And uh, man, those guys do such great work, and we <clears throat> we talk about them all the time. But <clears throat> excuse me, um, you got you've had the pleasure of working with them, right? Yeah. So um, I've worked with Brando Jones three years now. Um, so we first started off with the acoustic video. So before Brando Jones did the songwriter sessions every month that they do, yep. I was coming in there, and basically I'd pay for like two hours, and we'd record like three or four videos and i did a total of seven of those that got released um over two years it's only on digital platforms but i literally released an ep a two-song ep little thing called the brando jones sessions and 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 that's on itunes and spotify and all that and then um we shot the music video for lonely bush light back in july yeah Um, and that was my first actual like music video Right. Yep. That's what I kind of told him. I mean, even the first first time I saw the video, I was like, okay, it's this is clearly like an L.A. company or something like that. And then it's like, no, it's it's upstate family. I was like, that is amazing. And uh, oh, yeah. all all yeah. the videos have been excellent. Oh yeah, and 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 I love seeing just all the different videos they do because their genre reaches so far. I mean, like with Wade and Black River Rebels, you know, their videos are always so cool, and it's the polar opposite of my videos but they're both executed exactly the same they're both executed perfectly right um, and no, no matter what genre and i think that that really speaks to the creativity of brandon and jones yeah man they uh and you know they're they're nice guys and they're real and i got the pleasure of meeting them uh face to face at the spinning jenny during the upstate live music meetup uh, a few months ago um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, they're partnering up with Spinning Jenny now. So really big, exciting things going on with those guys. And we can't wait to see what happens with them. But, uh, Jared, okay, so we've kind of uh, gone a bunch of different directions. Uh, I always want to highlight a couple things here. So um, <laughs> let's. Uh, I, I know that generally the holiday season is a little bit more low-key for a lot of people. But do you have any shows coming up uh, this coming week or the next few weeks that you'd like to highlight? Well, um, on Wednesday... The uh, night before Thanksgiving, I am playing the 12th annual Piedmont Boys Night Before Thanksgiving Bash. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and so that's going to be really cool because I, I can't remember exactly what year I went to, but I believe I was like 16. It was so long ago that, <laughs> that it was still being held at the handlebar. Oh, boy. So, um, but I remember I was, I think I was 16. And got taken to um, the handlebar to see the Piedmont Boys and Outshine the night before Thanksgiving. So it's very cool now, right before my birthday, to kind of go full circle. Because, I mean, there's still pi- there's pictures somewhere from that night. Oh, that's funny, man. Going 
from the kid who had never touched a guitar to now being in the group with these with these bigger local guys who who kind of you know have to do the bigger shows around here and not just the guys that play the bars and the restaurants and stuff like the rest of us so yeah so i'm playing the Piedmont boy with the Piedmont boys it's going to be eli howard uh who's from oregon me the anna lee band and then the Piedmont boys it's going to be a crazy good time um so i'm Excellent. really looking forward to that other than that i mean I, to be i play i play anywhere from three three to six shows every week so i'm always somewhere oh okay um, well do you want to do you want to maybe okay so for like maybe this next week week and a half maybe just tell kind of run down some of the shows where they can catch you in the next yeah. few days yeah of course so we got the Piedmont boys on wednesday and then uh friday night friday night's gonna be a really cool one because i am playing at ollie's and greer nice okay great man danny morgan uh, yeah i love danny i've been friends with danny for years um and so, that is actually my birthday. We're doing my birthday. Really? Doing my birthday show at Ollie's in Greer. Uh, it's going to be eight to eleven. Um, we're going to, um, you know, it's kind of like a hangover bash. You know, you deal with your family, you deal with your family and stuff all all day on Thursday. You sleep it off. You go, you know, mm-hmm. you go stab stab a seventy year old woman for a flat screen TV at Walmart, and then you come hang out. Hey, with she us. cut in line. Okay. I don't care if you're old. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and so I mean, you know, that that's we're really looking forward to that one. I'm playing December second. We 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 really hit it because we're playing uh, Tribbles in Piedmont, nice. which is such a fun place. Um, and then you know we just kind of we just kind of keep it bumping all through December. I just typed out my December like poster, and uh, so I think I have about with this week and with with this week and next week. Plus December, I think I got like eighteen or nineteen shows left for the year. Nice um, man. But yeah, definitely, definitely the Piedmont Boys at the Pump House in Greenville on Wednesday, and uh, my birthday show at Ollie's and Greer on uh, Friday. Excellent, so. excellent, good stuff, man. Um, yeah, hey Jared, I, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, we look forward to to, to seeing uh, everything that happens ahead of you here in your uh, musical career. And uh, I'd love to meet you face to face, and of course, come see you live soon. Um, I, I do work at the bars normally at, on the weekends, but uh, whenever I get a chance, man, uh, I'm gonna since you're playing basically every day all the time, I'm, I'm gonna have a chance to go see you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, brother. Thank you for right, having Jared. me. On. Thanks, buddy. Bye. All right, Mr. Jarrett Forrester. Uh, good chatting with him. Had a lot of uh, mutual friends and contacts there. So go see him and the Piedmont boys uh, on Wednesday, on Wednesday there, the pre-Turkey Day Bash. And then go see him again on the Hangover post-Turkey Day Bash, uh, birthday bash, with our buddy Danny Morgan. Man, a lot of stories with Danny Morgan in the G-Spot, man, the gathering spot downtown. Of course, um, that was that was many moons ago, but I guess it's... It's probably time to go ahead and start doing this day in music, Johnny. So uh, it's November 22nd. Let's go ahead and check her out. November 22nd, 1122, uh, 21. 1, 1, 2, 2. 1, 1, 2, 2, 2, 2 1. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, man. Here we go. Let's see. The White Album was released today, November 22nd, 1963. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, so obviously that's... Um, Alanis Morissette. I mean, she was at number one on her fourth album, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, she was like a big... Oh, I liked her growing up, dude. She was good. I remember asking... Uh, I was like young, man. I was like, God, I had to be below fifth grade, so like elementary school age. And I remember asking for one of her albums for Christmas. 
Yeah, I mean, no, she she was one of the female artists that you kind of admitted that you liked, kind of thing, you know. And that's yeah, that's yeah, one of the '90s sure. artists I was gonna say because also Pearl Jam released their third album. Uh, oh wow, it's Vita- Vitalology or Vit. Why can't I read that word? Vitalogy. Fuck, it's wrong with me. Well, I don't even see what <laughs> you're It's a couple up at. ahead of Melanis Morissette. Anyway, this oh, their third studio. Vitalogy. 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 Yeah. Wow. Okay. Is that what I was trying to say when I said virology or virality? I don't remember what you said, but I think it's vitalogy. <laughs> that's funny. If that's yeah. what I, the actual word is, that's actually crazy, isn't it? Um, but anyway, <laughs> this was first released on vinyl. Became the first vinyl album to appear on the U.S. charts since the domination of your CD compact disc format. Um, huh, CD's nuts. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I, that reminds me of a story from college. That's always like, hey, do hey. you prefer tapes or CDs? And people are like, what, what? CDs? CDs nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember when uh, Stupid. Terrell Baird came in and um, I was like, <laughs> Hey, he was like, B, and I was like, CDs? CDs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, dude. Oh, God, I remember that shit. Um, But hey, (laughs) what's crazy about this is like, they actually released it on CDs nuts, (laughs) on CDs, where it became the fastest selling CD in history, the second fastest, um, behind, guess what the first one was? Their other release, their previous release. Which is V's. (laughs) Which is CD, V's. (laughs) Vaginas. CDs, V's, dude. CDs, V's, bro. She's like, is that what girls say? CVs? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, oh, so, yeah, there was another 90s one there. And then, uh, well, I mean, Alice Cooper more, I don't know if you consider that 90s, but one, one, two, 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 one. You, all right. So, we're both 90s kids. I mean, we were born in the mid to late 80s. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, we grew up in the 90s. So, like, do, I mean, do you really think that 90s music is genuinely like one of the best eras of music i mean i we might be biased but fuck yeah dude i mean really i i I mean i'm not saying you're cutting out like a lot of well i mean i guess because like i mean queen was still kind of relevant in the 90s early 90s yeah well but you're cutting out a lot of classic rock bands that were heavily like 80s 70s 80s even 60s you know what i mean oh, of like, course i mean i'm not saying it, it was the best is it the best though is I'm it not, the I best oh. is it the best genre like time era of of, of music is it the best like, or and if it's not what is okay okay how about this i i can't say it's the best but for us it's the most relatable um and a lot of times well, yeah. with music what what spurns the the nostalgic feelings or gets your emotions going and and how you can relate to the song on a personal level i think it I think those are more impactful, but just because of our own personal timelines. So I, you know, I love the nineties and, and everything. And I feel like it, it makes you feel a little bit <clears throat> different way than maybe some of the classic rock and, and some of the, uh, you know, staples of rock music history and everything. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's the best. I don't think that would be fair just because then you're, you're literally, like you say, like you said, you're ignoring all the amazing bands that came before them and, and pa- uh, paved the way, you know, for those right. new sounds and what we were gravitating towards, so I mean, what I don't know. What you what would you say? Um, so I think I think '90s music to me, and it could be kind of what you're saying. Like we just relate with it more, and kind of like the music meant something to us, you know, because like it's fresh and new when we were growing up. But I think it was just it just feels more emotional. I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of even the classic rock bands, it's all about just loud rock performance you know what i mean when you think of like queen you know what i mean like it's all about just rocking your fucking face off 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And do it and doing like showy kind of shit. Whereas the nineties were more like I mean we had the grunge era and stuff, but I mean like you take like a Alanis Morissette, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's more emotional. I don't know. It's a different it's a different vibe. It is, than, it is like and most rock that had come before it. That's a question you ha- you really have to like think about. To I, to I find the best the best decade of music. You know what I mean? Like yeah, ten year period. Okay, this is the best. You know, or because I mean, you break it down as like, what is the best if mean? We should like, do a poll. The most influential, or is it you know right the one you enjoy the most, or like you know what is it? But it's very it's a, it's a cool conversation. Listen, this is an ongoing argument we can make for many, many episodes. Right. And we could say, like, what's the best decade? But you know what we wouldn't put in there is probably the 2000s. <laughs> like, um, 2000 to 2010. Well, 2000s, it's tricky because, I mean, there's this whole pop sound that kind of evolved and boy bands were a thing and shit. You know what I mean? Like, so it definitely, that definitely influenced pop music in a different direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I don't think I don't think we have, I don't know, I don't think we have a Justin Bieber, if we don't have more heavy influence of like the boy bands and like the, you know what I mean, the, the R and B style like pop, you know what I mean, like if that never caught on, I mean, someone like a Justin Bieber might not be. Like I said, I think if you polled everybody, everybody would kind of gravitate towards their teenage years songs and stuff like that, where they were kind of becoming the person, right? You know, they were going to be kind of thing. Um, I also think that like the music industry has kind of changed like through time. It was all like back in the day, it was all about recording an album. You know what I mean? You wanted a whole piece of work that was you know ten at least ten tracks or so you know deep of like hey we, this is a whole thing and like th- people like Pink Floyd who had a concept the whole concept album. Right. I don't know. Is there? I mean, I'm just off touch here. Is there like a good concept album that's happened in the last five years? Uh, well, no, but that's. I mean, I don't know. There might be something that we're probably uh, forgetting about or not thinking about. Sure, but sure. I, I, I mean, I, I'm definitely like I, get, I definitely get in my music niche, and I don't. I like all kinds of music, and I definitely like so you know listen to a wide variety of shit. But I get in my own little niche, and I don't swerve lanes a lot. You know, so I might be out of touch. Well, you know, Islander. Especially popular music. When we had Islander on, man, he actually referenced that. You know, Mikey Carvajal, he was saying that they mm-hmm. did an album where literally it was, they wrote the songs and in order, that's how the tracks went, and they told a story the whole way through kind of thing. And then he was, like, discovering that, you know, his label or at the time or whatever didn't really push for an album. They they were more going for those hit, those singles that would just get traction and stuff. And so it wasn't a compilative right. or, you know, kind of compilation sort of thing. And um, I don't know, so maybe that's that's probably a factor in that too. You know, um, pe- people yeah. aren't getting grasping the album as a whole as much as they used to. So, um, you know, he, he talked about missing, you know, getting CDs and getting the inserts and reading the lyrics and and the thank yous and all the stories and stuff. And you know, but that that's not the kind of thing that happens anymore. You know, right? Uh, let's let's hit up the born on this day, I guess, real quick here, dude. Um, Who was born? Who was born today? So November twenty second. I don't really think anything's worth mentioning as it's, far as the born. Yeah, I mean, kind of sucks. Uh, Aston Barrett, the Upsetters, <laughs> from Bob Marley and the Wailers, <laughs> and he was uh, at least they were on the single "No Woman No Cry." This this person here. Um, okay. Uh, oh, and th- this is kind of weird. Stephen Van Zant, and I was gonna say, isn't that an actor, Steve Zant? But that's from like Saving Silverman. But that's Steve Zahn, not Stephen Van Zant. But it does say American musician and actor. But anyway, that's not the same guy. So, that's Van Zant, Stephen Van Zant. 
Oh, yeah, Van Zant. Is, are, is he related to the Leonard Skinner Van Zants? Well, I think it would he's say it here. It surely would. He's associated with a lot of people but that doesn't say that. that. Oh, oh, shit, look. He starred as Silvio Dante in the TV series The Sopranos. Interesting. I never really watched the show, so people who are big fans probably know who Silvio Dante is, but... Well, there you go. Yeah, because all the other ones, I literally, I don't even know if I've heard of any. I mean, wow. There's a drummer for the Zac Brown band, Chris Fire, but yeah. Karen O, singer of Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. I didn't, you remember those guys? Maps? Yeah, 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 I do actually. And yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah, Maps remember too? Because <laughs> that's kind of outdated as well. You know, I remember the folded paper maps, how we used to guide ourselves around. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, people had atlases <laughs> in their car. Yeah. Right. Remember MapQuest, dude? MapQuest was like, oh, yeah. You didn't go anywhere unless you printed out your MapQuest. Oh, right? yeah, right. And that was in on the episode of a Chappelle show when Keeping It Real Goes Wrong I watched the other day. When she was like, I don't like people playing on my phone. And then she downloads the map, <laughs> the directions to that woman's house. Anyway, uh, Johnny, yeah, before something breaks in my house, I guess this will about wrap it up, man. We got a lot of good shit today. That's good, man. Yeah, good episode. Um, dude, Danny Morgan's cool. I'm glad we got to talk to him. Oh, yeah. Um, nice catching yeah. up with old Danny. I have a little DMX story in there. We didn't expect that, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, that'll about wrap her up, man. Sounds good. Till next week. Till next week. All right. Well, uh, real quick before we go, I want to thank all of our sponsors, Local Q, Golden Grove, Appalachian Ale, 1885 Tap Room, Audiovisions Entertainment, uh, Fett Greenville, Carolina Bowerhouse, House. Pinnacle Garage Solutions, iMakeCigarBoxGuitars.com. You're hearing a little bit of a preview of uh, some of his newest pieces, including the amp, and he's still running his holiday promotion. And literally, these things are half off, folks. Um, you would pay a couple thousand dollars just as works of art. They're beautiful. They're handcrafted, handmade, but they're functional art. So you can actually play and make more art out of it. I mean, it's normally $300. He's offering to you for uh, only $150. And he's throwing in a free amp, custom-made, hand-built amp, as well as some uh, you know guitar picks and straps and everything to get you set up and ready to rock and roll. And you know what? I'll give you a free lesson. Anyway, go to imakecigarboxguitars.com. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. U-M-M-P-O-D.